Ephesians 2.10 says that we are God's workmanship, his masterpiece. I don't know about you, but when I get up in the morning and look in the mirror, I don't really see a a masterpiece, you know? I mean, maybe a Picasso. It's like, (laughs) but I want to be his masterpiece. I want to be everything he created me to be. And so I go to him in prayer and I say, dear heavenly father, do whatever it takes to mold me into the image of your son. Make me your masterpiece. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hi. Whoa. Who are you? I'm God. You said the prayer, so here I am. You're not God. No, I am. You said the prayer. That's how it works. Okay, okay. If you're God, then uh, make it snow in here. You know what? I really don't want to make it snow in here because it'd get kind of yucky. Yeah, you're not God. Why do you say that? God wouldn't say yucky. I do. It's a Greek word. Oh. Okay, okay. Um, if you're God, what does Lamentations 15.9 say? Lamentations is only five chapters. It's a very short book. Oh, why was it so short? I was tired of lamenting. Oh, okay, okay. If you're God, who's going to win the World Series this year? I'm really not into playing games. Why are you so much into playing games? You are God. What well, gave it away? You answered my question with a question. I did? <sighs> yeah, I do that. Don't I? I did it again. <laughs> Step right up. Here we go. Okay. All right. Hey, what are we doing? I'm going to make you my original masterpiece. This is the process. Oh, okay. Got it. Yeah. Wait, wait. What are these about? These are the tools I'm going to use to make you into my original masterpiece. Okay. Yeah. Hang on. Yeah. I thought you were a carpenter. That's my son. Step right up. Here we go. Okay. Oh, hey, God. Mm-hmm. How do you know what to chisel away and what to leave? I take out everything in your life that doesn't belong there, kind of like dead weight. Ooh, speaking of dead weight, could you chisel right here? It showed up when I was in my 20s and grew around and became back fat. I don't even know why you created that, but I can't get rid of it. I mean, I've tried everything. Like, I tried running. I tried lifting weights. My wife actually talked me into trying Pilates. That was awkward. But I can't get rid of it. So if you would just chisel around here, and then, you know what, if you chisel a line right here and maybe... Four to five, maybe eight lines right here. That would be awesome. You're funny. You made me that way. I also made the platypus. The platypus? All I'm saying is most of my children, when it comes to this process, they just want to talk, but they don't want to do the work. So do you want to talk or can I chisel? Talk, chisel? No, talk, no, chisel. no, 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 no. I choose to chisel. All right. Through my Holy Spirit, I'm going to bring up things in your life that I want you to work on. Like your anger. I created the emotion, but you use it in the wrong way. Um, You compare yourself to others instead of me. You tell little white lies because you want to people please. You're lazy. But you try to fool everybody by looking really, really busy. You have a problem with lust? Time out. (laughs) I don't really have a problem with lust. You don't have a problem with lust. No, I can do it anytime I want. Hang on a second. I mean, I, I, I got to admit, I, I feel like you've been doing some great work, and I'm looking pretty good right now. All right, when you look in the mirror, who do you see? I see me. Okay, then I need to keep chiseling away, because ultimately, you and other people need to see my son. Okay, don't misunderstand me. It's just, um, when I look more like Jesus, people get uncomfortable around me. I mean, even my church friends, and they're like, oh, you're holier than thou, you know? And, and I, don't, I don't think I'm supposed to make people uncomfortable. So what you're saying is, you'd rather play God in certain areas of your life than for me to be God over your whole life. That is not what I said. It's what you meant. Yes, it is. Um, 
It's hard to talk to you. You know everything that I'm thinking. I'm just saying you've done some great work. Maybe we take a break, a sabbatical from each other, you know. I'll stay right here and then, you know. That's just it. You never just stay right there. You're either moving toward me or away from me, but never you just stay. What you're doing is called control. Do you want to control things or life or can I chisel? Control, chisel, control, chisel. No, chisel, chisel. All right. But can we chisel where I want? That's called control. Okay, I'm sorry. Now this right here, this secret sin that you keep running to whenever you're hurting, angry, lonely, tired, that you think you're fooling everybody, but it's making you a whitewashed tomb. Are you ready for me to chisel this out of your life? Yeah. See, it's a process. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. It's your whole life. And you care so deeply about what other people think of you. It's rubbish. It's garbage. The greatest thing you're ever going to hear is at the end of your life, when you hear me say, well done, good and faithful servant, that's what you keep your eye on. That's the prize. Heavenward. That hurts. Oh, trust me. This hurts me more than it hurts you. Right. Okay. I'm sorry. I just, I don't think you understand this pain. Pardon me? You're asking me to sacrifice a lot, God. Don't talk to me about sacrifice. I know all about sacrifice. I sent my son to die on the cross for pain, for sin. But I also did it for another reason. To give you freedom. Do you know what insanity is? Insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again, expecting different results. And there are things that you've been doing for years. These empty wells that don't have anything to offer. You've been going to them and it's insane. Allow me to chisel them out of your life. Allow me to produce character where you keep focusing so much on your image. Okay, but I was thinking. Your thoughts are not my thoughts. Okay, but if we went another way. Your ways are not my ways. Oh, I can't. You can't what? I, I, I can't be good. That's your excuse. That's your excuse is that you can't be good. It's not an excuse. I can't. Oh, my child. In the beginning, I said it was good. I made you good. Be good. Yeah. But you and I both... What? Nothing. No, what is it? Nothing, okay? You wouldn't understand. I, God of all the universe, wouldn't understand something one of my children has to say. Try me. It's just, um, I let you down so many times, God. No, my child. You were never holding me up. I hold you up with my victorious, righteous right hand. Never the other way around. In this relationship, I hold you up. chisel away just just be prepared for what you're going to find in there because I know who's inside there because I get up every morning and I look at him in the mirror and I hate who I see because deep inside there just this this little kid who gets up every morning and dresses like an adult and I go out and I, and I try to do what I'm supposed to do, but I can't, okay? I can't be who everybody else expects me to be. God, I can't even be who I want to be, much less who you created me to be. And so inside is this scared, stupid little kid. But you chisel away. Just be prepared. You have listened to so many voices for far too long that were not for me. 
And you have totally bought into the lie, haven't you? You think you're junk, don't you? When you lay your head down at night after you've done the dance to get the hug, you think you're junk. Listen to me. I don't take time to make junk. How can I show you that my love for you stretches as far as the east to the west? That How can I show you that my love for you has no end? I know. Reach your back pocket. What? Reach your back pocket. Why? Are you arguing with me? Reach your back pocket. Oh, God. Yes? I just meant, God, I'll do that right now. You're just saying my name in vain. Come on. It's, it's a name. It's a saying. It's a name above all names. It's more than a saying. It's more than a name. I want to teach you something about my name. Reach in your back pocket. Oh, my gosh. You know what that is? Yeah, it's a, uh, it's a note. I, I wrote it when I was in college. How did you get this? Hello? Oh, yeah. Go ahead, read it. I love Angie. Other side. Sorry. Dear God, did I hear you right today? Did I hear you say that you love me? Even though you and I both know I've messed up so many times. Did I hear you say you want to use me? And I feel so useless. If you'll take me, then use me. God, I give you all that I am. Take me. I love you, God. I love you too. And I love you too much just to leave you where you're at. This salvation that you hold, I don't want it to be some sentimental gush or some head knowledge. I want you to work it out in every detail of your life. And when problems come and chaos happens, don't look at it as a prison, but look at it as a father disciplines his child. A father disciplines the ones he loves. I know, but it's going to be tough. Yes, but you bought into the lie thinking everything was going to be easy when you gave everything over to me. There will be trouble in this world, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. I want you to do something. I want you to look out there and I want you to say, Tommy is God's original masterpiece. Tommy is God's... No, not the way you see yourself or you try so desperately for others to see you, but maybe for the first time in your life, the way I see you, the way I created you. Tommy... Is God's original masterpiece. Yes, you are. And so are you. God doesn't make junk. You are an original masterpiece. He's right. God loves you too much to leave you where you're at. You see, your salvation is not just about head knowledge. And it's not just about having the right set of beliefs. Your your salvation is is not about simply staying out of hell and, and trying to make it to heaven. 
Salvation, if it is real, if it's genuine, should permeate every area of your life. There shouldn't be an area of your life that's off limits. There shouldn't be an area of your life that is somehow you are in control of and God gets the other half. Salvation when it's real, salvation when it's genuine, is a salvation that allows God to have His way and His control, a life fully surrendered in every area of your life. Which brings me to a big question I want to ask you today. Is anything in your life right now that doesn't belong there? Is there anything in your life right now that doesn't belong there? As you watched that video, did something surface in your mind? As you watched the video, did something come to light and something that perhaps you need to deal with? Maybe it's a sin, an addiction. Maybe it's a relationship that you need to allow God to chisel out of your life. Removing those things might not be easy. They may even be painful. And we can try to rationalize them. We can try to tell ourselves that they're okay and that maybe they're even needed. But deep down the question remains, will you let your salvation permeate every part of your life? Will you allow God to chisel away the things that don't look like Jesus? The Apostle Paul wrote three letters to three different churches. And in every one of those letters, he addressed the issue of offering ourselves fully and completely to God. In Romans chapter 6, in Ephesians chapter 4, and in Colossians chapter 3, he wrote to three different churches, three different letters, and every one he writes about the same issue. Three times in letters to three churches, he writes about chiseling away at the sin that is in our lives. The sin that keeps us from being the person God saved us to be. Now I want you to let that sink in for a moment. What we are talking about today is not something that's isolated. It's not an isolated incident or an isolated issue. This is a problem that every generation and every Christian struggles with at one time or another. You see, we all struggle to live a holy life in an unholy world. We all do. We all struggle with what we want instead of what He wants. Paul talks about that in one of those three letters. We're going to look at one of those letters today. It's Colossians chapter 3. Would you take God's Word and open to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3, we'll be looking at verses 5 through 10. Before we read the text, let me set it up for you. Let me give you a little bit of the background of the times in which Paul was writing. Paul was writing in a time when pagan religion was very commonplace. And he was writing in a time where the pagan religions of Paul's day said little or nothing about personal, reality, personal morality. You see, in Paul's day, a worshiper could go to a pagan temple and he could bow down before his idol... He could worship his idol, he could leave his offering and go back to his home and live the same old life of sin. And there was no problem with that. You see, in Paul's day, in the pagan religions, what you believed did not affect the way you behaved. And against that background, 
Apostle Paul writes to Christians to say, no, what you believe has a direct correlation to how you behave. He says this, chapter 3, verse 5. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. And then he gives us a list of things that belong to our earthly nature. Now remember, he's writing to Christians. He's writing specifically in this letter to, church, to the church at Colossae, the Christians in the church at Colossae. And to these believers, Paul says, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. And here's the list. Sin, uh, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived. But now, you must rid yourselves of all such things as these. And the list goes on. Anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices and put on the new self which is being renewed in the knowledge and the image of its creator. Paul was saying, you need to understand that the Christian faith brought a whole new concept into pagan society. For the Christians, what we believe has a very definite connection to how we behave. After all, when you trust Christ the Savior, then He comes to live inside you. The Apostle Paul in another letter put it this way, he said, For I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but, listen to these words, but Christ lives in me. And because that is true, because the Lord Jesus Christ comes to live inside of us. You need to understand something very, very important. Listen, make sure you're listening to what I'm about to tell you. He cannot live in us by His Spirit and permit us to live in sin. He cannot live in us by His Spirit and permit us to live in sin. So that's why Paul said what he did, verse 5, Put to death, therefore whatever belongs to your earthly nature. You see, there are sins from your old life that have no place in your new life in Christ. He's very clear about that in verse 7 and 8. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived. But now, you must rid yourselves of all such things. You know what he's saying? He said, now you need to live like Christ lives in you. That's your goal now. Live like Christ lives in you. And whatever that means that you've got to do, then you need to allow God to take the hammer and the chisel so that He can take away some of those things. Anything that's hindering you, anything that's holding you back from being the Christian, He saved you to be. Maybe today you need to say, God, chisel away. Remove from me all of those things that you and I know are there and are wrong. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever gotten a splinter in your hand or your foot? And I don't, I don't mean one of those easy splinters. You know, the easy splinters are the ones that you get and then you can get it out. I mean, have you ever gotten one of those hard splinters where you get the splinter but you can't get it out? You know what I'm talking about? Have you ever done that? Raise your hand if you have. All right, lots of you have. Most of you have. I want to tell you something about your pastor. I am an expert splinter remover. I really am. I'm not bragging. I'm just telling you the truth. 
I am an expert splinter remover. My wife and kids over the years, every one of them, my wife and kids over the years have all gotten splinters that they couldn't get out. And eventually, they all reluctantly came to see Dr. Shorter. They sure did. They usually are reluctant for two reasons. Number one, because they know I'm going to get it out. And number two, they know it's going to probably hurt. So they try and try and try to get it out on their own. And I'm standing there and I'll say, I can get it, let me get it, let me help you. To which they reply, no! Lisa can say it quite forcefully sometimes. And I say again, I can get it, let me get it out. No, you're going to hurt me. And so I wait. I've got my needle. I've already sterilized it with the match. And I wait. And eventually, grudgingly, they come to me to get it out. And some of you are doing that with God right now, aren't you? He's not just trying to hurt you. He's trying to help you. But you're reluctant to let Him deal with that problem. You are reluctant to let Him deal with that that sin because it might be painful to remove it from your life. And so He waits. And you try as best as you can to get it out on your own. And you try and try and try and try to get it out on your own. But I want you to understand something. You'll never get sin out of your life on your own. You don't have that ability, neither do I. But you do have a role to play. Paul says this is the role you're supposed to play. Verse 5. Put to death. This is your responsibility. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. Verse 8. But now you must rid yourselves of all such things. You might want to get your pen and underline those things. Because Paul's saying, this is your responsibility. This is the part you play. Put to death those things that belong to your earthly nature. Rid yourselves of those things that ought not to be in your life. You see, the Christian life is not a do-it-yourself religion, but you do have a part to play in it sometimes to, to deal with the sin that's there. And Paul is very, very emphatic. His, the words that he uses here are very picturesque and very powerful. Put to death what belongs to the earthly nature. Rid yourselves. And the wording there means get rid of it once for all. Rid yourselves of things that should not be there. What Paul is trying to tell you and me is this. You either deal with sin or sin will deal with you. You either deal with it or your sin will deal with you. Ladies and gentlemen, you need to understand something. Sometimes when you deal with sin, it is painful. Sometimes when you have to deal with things that are in your heart and in your life that are sinful, it can be painful, but it will always be profitable. Always profitable. So, notice this wording again. I want you to notice how drastic Paul is being. Paul is not saying, well, you know what, that sin that's in your life, you know, you know you, maybe you want to do something about it. You know, you know that sin that's there, well, well, maybe someday you might want to think about what you might... No, Paul is very drastic in the wording that he uses when he says, put to death what doesn't belong there. And in verse 8, rid yourselves. Be done with it once for all. 
It's the same line of reasoning that Jesus used in Matthew 5 when He demanded that a man should cut off a hand or a foot or or tear out an eye if it's leading him into sin. Rid yourselves of this. Be drastic about it. You see, everything which would keep you from fulfilling God's will and surrendering to Christ needs to be fully, completely removed from your life. One translation said it this way, make sure it's all gone for good. But, please understand something, it's not just your power that makes it happen. Because before Paul wrote verse 5 and before he wrote verse 8, he wrote verse 3. Verse 3, he says, for you died. You died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. You died and your life is now hidden with Christ. You now have a resource you did not have before. You now have a power available you did not have before. Now you are united with Jesus Christ and that's why you need to say, God Help me remove those things from my life that you and I both know are there and you and I both know are wrong. I need you to help me, God. There's something in my heart. There's something in my life. And you keep pointing to it. There's that sin. There's that addiction. There's that person that you and I both know is hindering my walk with you. And today, chisel away. Today, I'm asking you, Help me remove it from my heart and my life. And it might be painful, but one day you'll be so glad you did. You see, if I could summarize a Christian life for you, this way it would be this. Christian life is simply surrendering all that I am to all that He is. All that I am, all my hang-ups, all my sin all my struggles, all my good intentions, it's surrendering all that I am to all that He is. And I'm going to give you a chance to do that today. I'm going to give you a chance to surrender everything that you are to all that He is. Here's how we're going to do it. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads for a moment. I want to continue to talk to you for just a second. Every head bowed, I'm going to ask you not to leave, not to be moving around, but just quietly and prayerfully listen to me as your heads are bowed. I believe God has spoken to some of you today. I believe that He's pointed to some things in your heart and in your life that you need to deal with. And, and He said to you today, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. Rid yourselves of all such things. Perhaps these words from Ephesians are words you can identify with. Paul wrote in a note to another church in, the, in Ephesians 5 these words. He says, But among you, believers, there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or of greed because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. 
For of this you can be sure, no immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a man is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of such things, God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore, do not be partakers with them. And listen to what he says in the final verse, verse 8. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of the light. Live like Jesus lives in you. And so today, perhaps you want to come to this altar and just surrender and say, God, I give you all that I am. And I surrender this part of my life that I've been holding back. I, I've tried to compartmentalize everything. And I've, I've tried to think this is my religious life. And this is my business life. And this is my social life. And this is my sexual life. And, this is, and you've tried to have little compartments. But that's not Christianity. Christianity is when you say, God, you are Lord of all of my life. Every day and in every way, I make you Lord of my life. So Christian, I'm going to ask you to stop pursuing happiness and start pursuing holiness. You can have both if you'll keep them in the right order. If you just pursue happiness, you will likely miss holiness. But if you pursue holiness, you can find happiness as well. Jesus said it best when He said, Blessed or happy are the pure in heart, those who are holy, for they will see God. That's happiness. So as we offer this invitation, I'm going to ask you to come. Even as I'm praying, you might want to slip out from where you are, right there at your seat. And what you're praying about, whatever you need to God to chisel out of your life, it might be something that's on the list that we've read out of Colossians, or it might be something else that God's pointed to. And God's saying, you need to deal with this. You need to remove this. You need to put this to death. You need to rid this out of your life. This has no place in the life of a Christian. And so that you can be a fully devoted follower of Jesus. What is it you need to allow Him to chisel out? Father, in the name of Jesus, the name that is above every name, help us all to be fully devoted followers of You. Letting You be Lord in every area of our life. May our Christian faith go beyond just our head knowledge. May it permeate every part of our life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.